welcome to the Indian Silicon Valley podcast. I'm your host Jibraj and on this podcast I speak with founders, investors and domain experts from the Indian Valley trying to decode the art of building a legendary company. In this episode I speak with Ankur Sachdev, co-founder and CEO of ShareChat. ShareChat is India's leading social media platform building for the next billion internet users of India. Started in 2015 by a group of IIT Kanpur graduates, ShareChat is dominating the consumer social landscape of India, having a total of 300 million monthly active users across both ShareChat and Monch, their short-form entertainment application. Valued at $5 billion as of its last round, ShareChat is building a truly long-term organization and is one of the first companies from India to recruit global talent. I sat with Ankush, its co-founder and CEO, to decode how they have gotten here. Through our conversation, we discussed the nuances of building a company at scale, the trait of rapid iteration, the culture at ShareChat, and decode the future of content and content creators. This is one of the most incredible conversations I've had on the show, and I'm certain that you will enjoy it as well. But before we get there, here is a quick word about our sponsor. This episode of the Indian Silicon Valley podcast is presented by Stride Ventures. which is one of india's leading venture debt funds becoming synonymous with innovative startup financing in india stride ventures provides comprehensive solutions going beyond venture debt to cater to distinctive challenges faced by high growth and inherently strong businesses backed by leading institutions the fund has a portfolio of over 60 plus diversified companies having deployed more than 1500 crore rupees to date In just over 2 years, Stride Ventures has emerged as the preferred venture debt lender in the Indian ecosystem. To know more about this phenomenal fund, visit strideventures.in. That is spelled as S T R I D E V E N T U R E S . I N. And with that, let's dive in to the 105th episode of the Indian Silicon Valley podcast with Ankush of ShareChat. Thank you so much, Angus, for joining me. I'm incredibly excited to host you today. Thank you, Jivraj, for for having me. I'm very excited to be here, and and looking forward to having really deep, meaningful conversation about our company. Thank you so much, Angus, and I think uh, I must acknowledge that uh, the most fascinating aspect of ShareChat is a how it began, and b how the rapid experimentation has taken it to a scale which is almost unprecedented in the country. And I want to dive deeper into most of those aspects. But starting, you know, with the very beginning as to you know how ShareChat came into existence and the story of let's say the fourteen failed projects before you found ShareChat. That's an exemplary thing to notice in terms of who you are as a builder and how the team is constructed. I'd say so. Maybe if you can not just take us through the journey of how ShareChat began, but also focus on what the DNA of a builder looks like because that's one common trail that I've observed in my research of ShareChat because everything comes across as something that defines the building culture. in the ecosystem so if you can maybe reflect a bit upon that and get us started i think that'd be phenomenal sure yeah i think we've been uh, even within when we were in uh, college been building products as we mentioned 14 different products that that, that were built before shechat me for even maru in fact met at a hackathon so we used to have this yahoo hack you thing back in uh, 2012 in which we were actually in different teams we participated in different teams they had, they had five categories so we were we were winners in different categories and we actually met at the dinner they hosted for the 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 winner teams 
and that is how we got together and started building products and then i think that was the part which sort of got us together that we we just loved building products we didn't know what a startup is what a company is we just loved building products and in fact there was uh, this one project or one product which i still remember uh, was we built the dating app of of id kanpur so we were all in id kanpur and we built the dating app it was called puppy love it was built on i think it was launched for valentines day on 2013 for the campus and interestingly we sort of uh, we we did a lot of research before building the product we actually went about the campus i personally talked to five different women in the campus that would you would you want to have this kind of product and all five of them said no like who needs a dating product like we're all mature adults you can just like meet meet in classes lectures and you can talk no one needs a dating product and i was a bit disappointed but i thought like i've already put in so much effort let me just build it out and ship it so we build this product it is a anonymized dating app you can fill in four options of your crush and we anonymously match if there is a match we will let you know and you'll get a ccd coupon to go on a date on valentines day simple product and when we launched it it was it was amazing how quickly it spread in fact on that particular day i actually went to the lecture i usually didn't go to lectures in college but i went to lecture and in front of me there were like two people who were talking ki bhai tune bhara kya they were discussing if they filled the options in that product and like this is going viral if if this is the talk of the town in in the campus this is really going viral and we saw 70% of the entire campus signing up and registering for that product or filling their options and it that was our first sort of true pmf which we found in that local fair of 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 a college and and that really gave us the kick and i think that is sort of that is what has been uh, like motivating us throughout i think it's it's a kick of delivering your product seeing its impact on people and that, that that was really magical and i think we've we've built more products after that we've built a a crime heat map for delhi police and this was a very interesting project where we had built this delhi map where we could predict where the crime is happening you could predict like chain theft robbery road rash all of that we could we could sort of this uh, is the fir data plot on a map and give you trends of how this is changing across weeks and months and we build this as a hobby project and we like we want to pitch this delhi police and we had no idea what to do so we actually took a train from kanpur to delhi went to delhi police headquarters and we went there with no connections we went to the the guy who was the the i think the uh, at the gate the pn sort of person and we showed him ki humne ye product banaya we built this product we are from id kanpur we want to build something for the country please have a look and and we want to meet the commissioner and he just laughed at us like you can't come in the police headquarters and and ask to meet the commissioner but we kept at it he started playing with the product he actually liked the product he started looking at his own locality okay this is the crime that's happening and he's like acha bade saab se milo go and talk to maybe the sub inspector and we went there the same story we are we are from india we want to do something for india please sir get us a meeting with commissioner on that so we did that and by the evening we were having a meeting with the additional commissioner of police and we got the deal so deal as in we we this they said we'll sponsor you don't worry about the money just build the product we went back we hired a team within the college so we built a 16 member team in id kanpur the best engineering folks uh, in our engineering team the, the folks who do the cult, cultural festivals and all in the operations team so we built an entire team and because of that we almost got thrown out of the college because it was technically not allowed to do that in in id kanpur we almost got thrown out of the senate on us luckily we had no financial 
transactions with the with the team they were they were all working for the passion of building the product so nothing could be done against us which, but all of them got called at their homes that your kids are not studying in college so our, our team got destroyed the three of us stuck together and kept building and eventually i think we stumbled upon this interesting phenomena of uh, people consuming content on whatsapp groups and this is 2014 in fact we we had failed so many times this we, we stumbled upon this unique opportunity on i think this was november 29 2014 i was in my fourth year when i saw this interesting thing happening and two days later were the placements in id kanpur and i'm like i failed 14 times that the odds look really low if you if you look statistically the odds look really low but this one feels like it will work i know there was there was some naivety to to being that young that and 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 we were building we were we were going like i didn't know we would go ahead and build this large a social network and how hard it will be at that point but but a person who has failed 14 times hoping to take on facebook and feels yeah this might work and and i actually believed it left the placement took a train to mumbai my co-founder suridan bhanu were one year senior to me in college so they were already graduated and in college, in in mumbai in india questions office our first investor and and yeah we just kept started building so yeah that's how we we came about building sharechat Oh, that's phenomenal! I think uh, after all these years, looking back at those humble stories, it's just so uh, wonderful to know that thankfully you didn't sit for that placement and thankfully you flew to Bombay because none of this would have happened possibly had it not been for that move. And I think again, like kudos to the fact that you've always exhibited. I mean, all of you have always exhibited this nature to build. products ship them and add value to the consumer and finally this clicked and what clicked was of course magical i mean around 7 8 years later if i'm not wrong you're at almost 350 million mau's combined on sharechat and mosh today it's phenomenal of course what sharechat is doing and we cannot speak about it enough but uh, what i want to target at the very onset is maybe if you can define for us what social india looks like uh, because uh, what's difficult for us to grasp is most platforms that we are on from the tier one cities in the country are mostly global in nature right i can talk to a friend from europe uh, on maybe instagram i can reach out to somebody from the us on twitter uh, but india in its own ways culturally different vernacularly different and there is so much happening so if uh, you know given that you are at the forefront of defining social for india if you can lay the groundwork of what is different uh, when it comes to content consumption in india how did you look at the map when it came to you know building out sharechat and how has that evolved over time uh, i know multiple questions but uh, the idea being how is indian uh, social media different than what we understand look and feel and, and how sharechat is making a difference in that aspect i think that would be lovely to uncover ankush Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a different world altogether. If you if you start going deeper and trying to understand the consumers, they have very unique problems. Which if you if you solve them, you you do build end up building a very differentiated experience, and hence they prefer you over over the global players. In spite of the network, the global network effects that exist, right? Like that's always a a debate in our head. Like that's that's one thing we have to counter on. How do we sort of think about it? I, I think in terms of the core differences when we started. one very obvious difference which i think everyone sort of understands the most uh, important difference is the language right these consumers come with a very strong expectation of which language they want to consume content in and india is a very diverse country today we serve 
in 15 different Indian languages, which covers 99% of the population. There are again many long tail languages, which we are sort of not catering to today, but with, with the 15, we are roughly covering the entire country. So then that's the first difference. And what used to happen back then in, in 2014, 15, that the, the existing products, which were like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, all these Western products were actually not serving that need. And these guys were consuming content wholly in their private WhatsApp groups. And the reason was because if you, if you get inside a WhatsApp group with hundred members in, let's say, and you are a Tamilian, you get a hundred Tamilians in a, in a WhatsApp group, which is about comedy or jokes, they'll start sharing jokes, Tamil jokes. And then you feel like you get, you're getting really good Tamil humor content, but that is not how content consumption should be right. You, as a consumer, I should not uh, have to jump hoops, find a WhatsApp group and then start consumption. Imagine if you had to consume content, that is how much work you have to do. It will feel insane, right? And, and that was the first problem we saw that we will aggregate the most viral trending relevant content in all Indian languages and give it in a very simple format to our consumers. And the simple format now, like, like when, when I think about it, the first simple format we actually thought was let's build public chat rooms because we thought WhatsApp was the construct which people are comfortable with. Uh, so, so how can we very quickly transition them to a new product? But let's not change too much. So let's keep it public chat rooms. And we kept that. We, 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 we did that. We figured chat rooms are not great because they're chronological. If you open it to public, the, the typical conversation would look like, hi, hello, hi, hello. And one, one content piece and then 10 hi and hellos. And it, it didn't feel like a great experience. So we moved to chat bots. We're like, let's keep it one to many broadcast. Again, that wasn't very great because to get content, you had to chat with a chat bot. Imagine you to get a content and you have to you chat with a chatbot to get that content doesn't feel very natural. And eventually we, we came to this current way of giving it in a feed. And, and in fact, that was not the natural choice. Like, like we today are so used to this construct of, of infinite scrollable feeds that we take it for granted, but we actually came to that construct with first principles, figuring out what is the best format to serve content to consumers. I think that is, that is how we came to this construct. The other thing we figured was. The existing social platforms made it really hard, even, even like beyond WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, all of that, they, because they had this thing that if you join Facebook, FB blue product, you will have to find friends that you can send a request when they accept the request, then you start building your feed and you start getting content. It's again, a very long lead time. And imagine this is the, a lot of these people are first time inter internet user. They have no concept that why should I first spend so many MBs, data used to be really expensive, spend so many MBs to download an app. And then you're telling me to follow 10 accounts and then I get the content. It feels like a very long journey for somebody who's really new to the internet. So what we did was we were like, there's, there's no hoops. You come on the app, you have, you've spent your MBs to download the app. The moment you enter, enter the app, we ask you your language and start showing you content. There is no need for you to add friends, follow. Our, our feeds will understand eventually what you like, and then that is what we'll, we'll start giving you. So I think it was, it was that simple an idea, language relevance and no frills. And then that sort of worked. There was also the element of WhatsApp sharing because we didn't have a lot of capital in marketing. So we had to optimize that whole virality coefficient at that point, how much sharing can get a user back. Therefore our feeds were optimized for sharing. We were not focused on in-app consumption at that point. So those were the, the details. But it was simply like aggregating uh, the most relevant local language content with no artificial hoops of follows and friends. 
Got it. I think that's super interesting, especially because, you know, it's not as intuitive, but that's the difference in the two markets, right? Like a global market and what you're building for, which is India and Bharat. And it's very interesting how you came to those conclusions as opposed to building a copycat product, because, you know, that can seem to be the trend in some market. And there were, there were a few things which were very counterintuitive. For example, even today, if you open ShareChat, the second tab at the bottom navbar would be Explore. Now, typically in Explore, you would you would expect an, an IG kind of experience where we directly show you content, which you can browse through because maybe you're not getting stuff from your followed accounts on the home feed. That is not what Explore stands for in ShareChat. A lot of people in Bharat are still not very comfortable with the construct of search. It's improving from where we started. But if you basically look at Explore in ShareChat, it's a menu. You go to a category, you go to a hashtag, you find a very pinpointed level two topic that you can consume on. It's focus for search, which, which no other global platform does. And we have kept debating like at, at some point, we'll have to probably transition away from it, but we're still not able to find that, that period where people are so comfortable with search that you can actually remove that, let search take over and let that property be about content exploration in general. We are still not at that point. Indian Bharat users still want a menu driven thing to find the exact content that they want, uh, on the platform. Got it, got it. Ease and convenience redefined for this audience, I think. And it's amazing to know the finer nuances of this. But you know, Ankush, the, the other piece of what you're building and which is counterintuitive is most founders want to build a product which is full based, right? Uh, and ShareChat eventually found that uh, with multiple iterations, you found a product that had natural PMF of sorts, right? Because the pull from the audience was great, uh, which meant that the zero to one became easier, but the one to 10 was something that you perhaps had to figure out. And now you're at a stage but of course you're dealing with scale which is unprecedented in the country what i want to understand from you is how perhaps the mindset for the company has evolved in these three phases right so maybe initially you had to do a lot of rapid experimentation for these major changes to understand what the product should be something that you've spoken about in the past but in the one to ten it's good i'm guessing it's different and in 10 to 100 it's different if you can maybe walk us through your mindset uh, as to how this has evolved and how the company takes shape in multiple stages uh, I think that would be really great to hear, especially from an early stage builder point of view. Sure, sure. So, so let me, I think, share a few stories of how we actually in the zero to one phase made decisions and how that is so different when we think about decision making today. So as I said, right in the beginning, we discovered this WhatsApp consumption behavior. We did not want to change too much. So we start with public chat rooms. And what we see is that there are in the conversation, there are probably 10 people saying a hi and then one content and consumers, the most, uh, the, the most voluminous behavior or the most poor behavior or the high, the highly retained people, what they were doing was they were actually scrolling through that, uh, chat screen and downloading the content in bulk. So they download all the content. Let's say it's a Katrina Kaif wallpaper chat room. We used to have those kind of chat rooms because that was a big, big content category. So they would download all the wallpapers and, and then uninstall the app. And there were a lot of other people who were trying to do conversations because it was a chat room. They wanted to talk to each other. Now you could, as a product manager or as a founder, focus on that. You could take two approaches, right? One is the, the download guys are really happy because they're downloading and getting value. The, the conversation guys are not getting value. So let me solve for conversation. That is not how we thought. We're like, there's no point solving that this download behavior is looking like really poor. Maybe 10% people are doing it, but they're doing it with really high intensity, high frequency. Let's cut the conversation, focus on content in the zero to one phase. You're actually trying to narrow to the consumer base, which really loves your product. 
you do not care about the people who are on the fence sort of like a product you don't want to care about them because you really trying to find the pmf you want to have a very focused narrow use case and therefore we went into deeper into content and hence we launched chatbots because we don't want that high hello in in the middle in the chat section it's a simple chatbot of let's say katrina ka wallpaper chatbot you go there you say hi the chatbot will say hi you can it will ask you do you want wallpapers you'll say yes it will send you a wallpaper you'll again say yes it's it will send you a wallpaper we also had very complicated chatbots to for example pr- prepare you for ias preparation we we thought that will be cool we'll use a lot of nlp to give you that stuff again we figured two cohorts one which really loved the content chatbots the other cohort which sort of like this ias preparation we had a chatbot which give you phone recommendations smartly based on your inputs we like there are some people who sort of like that service and again we decided we will we will focus on the on the cohort that really loves our product again these are people who are in for content but again it is really stupid if you think about it to get wallpapers you have to say send me more and the wallpaper comes send me more the wallpaper it feels really stupid right so uh, what is then the most seamless way to give them wallpapers or any content then you come to feed so then in the zero to one journey we just kept narrowing to the people who really loved our product and what will be the um, the most amazing experience for them and we wanted step changes we did not want a incremental change so i can tell you when we moved from chatbot to the the feed construct we saw a, a almost a 5x jump in the sharing shares per down and a 2x jump in our d7 retention now those are the kind of step jumps that you need if you want to get to pmf because incremental stuff won't get you there this is zero to one now we don't do that today if if like we will have different priorities for the company there'll be a strategic priority the core users they are important but also people who are on the fringe how do we convert them into core so it, it sort of becomes so you have a portfolio of bets some are very still very step changeish bets but a large majority of the bets become about refining the product improving the product doing ab testing and, and getting more people into the core loop sort of thing so then that's the fundamental shift you need to make from 0 to 1 and then beyond in a in a 0 to 1 you're almost like uh, it's always existential for the company because by default a startup is supposed to fail that's the that's statistically you're supposed to fail and to succeed you have to do something very risky very meaningfully improve the experience and get to that 10x experience compared to the incumbent products so you cannot like incremental stuff cannot get you there hence you have to take risky bold moves but once i think at, at our scale we already have uh, a pre pmf product a lot of people love us there's a, a large audience distribution and therefore you can this not every day is existential for the company like you can you have to have a portfolio of bets which are game changing but also a large bet which is more sort of uh, incrementally refining the product got it no, i think that's super valuable especially because i think goes back to prioritizing the right set of users and also the right kind of mindset which has to be you know risky and uh, game changing in its sense because that's how you reach a post pmf and that's how you reach pmf i suppose so i think extremely valuable there abhish thank you for sharing that i think this is very interesting and now that we know we are on this trail of where you understood okay what was the problem statement you are targeting how did you reach a point where you know you knew this was working and this is what you were going to spend time on i love to understand uh, some of the cultural traits at shatchat which are not just you know very innovative in nature but also uh, incrementally change the game for how organizations get built at this scale because this is also 
Now, new age organizations reaching this scale is unprecedented, right, for our ecosystem. So as you set the ball on that aspect, if you can maybe touch upon some of the things like, you know, rapid experimentation as a culture, trying to also understand and hire global talent now remotely, something that ShareChat has pioneered, some of these aspects that define on its premise how the next 10 years of ShareChat get built and how you are redefining leadership and all of the other aspects that, you know, go ahead and build the fundamentals of the company. I think that would be super because this will give us an insight into how to manage a company at scale and think truly long term and build for that long term. So I think would love to hear your cues as to how you define the cultural pillars at ShareChat. So I think for, for us, as you rightly mentioned, right, so speed has always been one very, very important part of the culture of the company that we, we need to have a very strong bias for action, get stuff done quickly. In fact, in the early days, we had this trade-off, right? Like we actually did ship really fast and maybe at the cost of engineering stability, taking some debt along the way. I think those are very real conversations, but I think the first four or five years of the company we were very clear. It's speed that matters. Shipping your product a week earlier is better than shipping it a week later with, with more refinement. That, that's always been our sort of focus. And the, I think the other thing which, which straight true with our culture is one, so one of the very important traits we look for when we, when we have people join us and, and in fact, in, in, within the company who we sort of respect as great leaders is your ability to, to think in first principles. And this becomes even more important because when you're building the first social media company of, of, a, of a country, you really have no other option. You don't have domain experts who will come and tell you what, how it is done because there are no domain experts. And, and uh, therefore, I think we, I see a very stark difference in us versus some of the other media companies in India is, I think, so, so when you're building company across functions, product, business development, sales, marketing, you, you do end up attracting people from traditional media company, right? Like TV, radio, all of that in certain functions, you would find that percentage to be the least at your chat compared to some of our digital peers. And the reason is because we are so heavily indexed on first principles that we like end up uh, for, for better or worse, site, st- sort of discounting that that domain expertise as a parameter uh, for, for hiring. So I think that has stayed true with us. And that is why we see ourselves doing a lot of things very differently uh, from, from our peers. So I think that has sort of stayed with us. You touched upon this part of hiring uh, remotely, globally. That again has been a game-changing decision for us. So so I think this was in, this was actually started when we launched Moj. So when we, we, we launched Moj in record time of 30 hours, uh, again, those are, I still get goosebumps when I think, think of those days. It was the, the, the passion, the energy that we, with which we sort of uh, deployed that. In fact, we had this ritual that when we were launching that for the first 40 or 30 days, we actually said there are no, there are no holidays. Everyone is on the deck. We need to push this out. We need to get this product running. We had this ritual that every single morning you will open the Zoom meeting and we will have like a really motivational song going with the Dow chart of Moj and Shenzhen. And that is the morning ritual. Every morning you have to log into Zoom and that's what's playing and then you go to work. So, so amazing moments uh, at that point. So when we launched Moj, we were... We, we, we believe that the fundamental of both Shared and Moj are same. The core, the hardest problem is about building the best recommendation system, right? Feed ranking is the core of both the products. We already have the best team in the country, but that is still not good enough, right? You're still competing with the global giants. And 
Rexes or recommender systems, even within AI is, is a very small niche. Like AI itself is, is not a big talent pool. Within that, if you want to go and target Rexes people, they're not too many. And we probably already have the best ones who we have groomed bottoms up. And therefore, that is becoming a very strategic disadvantage for us come when we are competing with the, the global giants. The good part was we were already remote. We had learned how to be remote. In fact, we shipped the product in 30 hours being remote. So that was a great testament that we know how to work in this new environment. And hence, let's go out and build the best global AI org. We don't care if the person is in, is in which part of the world. The, if they're really great at their craft, we want them in our team. And that has been a game-changing sort of decision. We, uh, we now have people in India, but also in uh, London, Slovakia, Greece, many, many other countries, US. And most of our, in fact, our AI leadership is outside India now because it's a senior talent which, which India lacks. I think India has a lot of great, young, passionate engineers who will become the future leaders. But you need people who have worked on this for the last 10 years in, in a feed ranking company like Facebook, Pinterest, ByteDance, all of these companies, right? So the senior talent, most, most of the senior talent for us is outside India, but the junior folks are, are in, the, in the country. And yeah, I think that, that has sort of opened a very different culture, right? So now you have to actively think that you're not acting like an Indian company. And in fact, it goes, goes to this level that we, we used to have these uh, stand-up comedians coming in our town halls, but these were Indian, Indian stand-up comedians. The, the entire context was Indian and therefore the entire uh, non-India or just didn't feel connected to that. So it, it, like even before international, we had this problem of Hindi versus Tamil versus Telugu. So we, we sort of converged on English speaking Indian comedians, but even now even that doesn't work. So, so your, your culture breaks at multiple points once you get this dimension of international org uh, in, your, in your company and we're still sort of it's work in progress. We're trying to figure out how to, how to make it work. We want to make sure, and the irony is that we are a non-English platform, but the means of communication in the company has to be English because otherwise the, the person joining from London doesn't, doesn't understand you. So, so I think it, it sort of changes you at multiple levels, but I think it's been a great decision overall uh, for us to go global and, and hire global. No, I can only imagine and the level of ambition required to do something like this early on when, you know, you're the first champion of doing something like this is just phenomenal to witness. And I'm sure a lot of youngsters are taking cues now from you uh, because Shekhar is laying the ball for, you know, more Indian companies doing the same and building global companies from the country. So I think it's just phenomenal that global talent is coming to share chat and also like to believe that a 160 million MAU product was shipped in 30 hours uh, that is mod uh, is just uh, phenomenal to just know. I, I, it's unimaginable from an audience standpoint, to be honest, and I'm being candid here, but it's phenomenal how you've been able to pull that off. So kudos to you on that. Well, this has been super, and what I want to now focus on are, are the two moats in a content business, right? Because, of course, like it goes without saying that there's a competitive landscape and there'll be a lot of players in the space. But without diving deeper into that, I would love to focus on the strengths that ShareChat uh, Chat has established, which is in terms of the, uh, as you mentioned and emphasized on building the best AI content ranking system. And also, you're not trying to establish speed as a mode, scale as a mode, right? So if you can maybe tell us how the content landscape is changing and how AI plays a role in that and how ShareChat leverages that as we go into the next sphere of 
content domination for the 1 billion internet users in the country in the future i think that will be really helpful akush yeah i think ai is is very very core to our business and and the reason i say it is if you look at shared and moj and you are you assume yourself to be a median user all you do is open the app and scroll the feed and and that's the core prime real estate of the product and and how well we serve content on that in terms of relevance quality everything is the core of the business right so if we if we can serve you really relevant videos in march you end up watching more hence you come back more frequently hence retention goes up hence ltv goes up hence revenue goes up everything is tied to can we serve you relevant content now when that is it is that core you then think right what drives relevance and the most important part in fact when we take annual okrs as a company ai takes a disproportionate amount of of that as an ownership i it, i think a true test if when when somebody says that a function is core how much does it contribute to your annual holds annual okrs and for us it's disproportionate hence serving the most relevant feed the most relevant content is the is the most important thing for the company and and there you then go really deep into looking at how do recommender systems work at scale what's the bleeding edge how do you innovate how do you get to the state of the art so so i think for us at least next 2 3 years is is sort of very clear roadmap of how do you how do you optimize each part of the recommender system it's a very elaborate complicated engine how do you optimize each part of the engine to get to the state of the art and if you think from a from a content point of view right from the point when a content gets created it depends on the creator you have the creation tools you have to the initial views you give to the content which basically at at, at which point you figure out how good or bad the content is who will be the relevant audience and then you scale it to the relevant audience this entire life cycle that content goes through and ai plays a part in optimizing each part of that life cycle uh, of that life cycle of the content so i think for us building that great recommender system team is one building really uh, sophisticated algorithms on the creation tool side where how do we make the content creation easy for the average creator now the top creators anyways have a team they'll have a person who will shoot for them who will do editing for them you're really not solving anything for them by by product what the the cohort you're solving for is the average median creator and in fact for us the median creator will probably be somebody in the tier 3 town now that guy on a mid tier phone coming onto the internet fairly young is trying to compete with the best guys in mumbai who have all the iphones and and their macs to to edit the content you need to make them competitive with the mumbai guy and again there it requires a lot of ai to do for example all the like face detection putting editing on top of it i think that's again very very sophisticated uh, creation tech which which uses ai on the on the device it's slightly different from rexus but again that's a large part of of how we use recommender systems and and third is in fact ads so we are also competing in a in a industry where there are giants like facebook google have been building performance or tweaking their performance engines for decades and performance ads is the largest part of the ad industry right so we need to be competitive there and therefore our, our algorithms and and our ai has to be really good when it comes to performance or direct response ads uh, for our advertisers so again that's the third sort of very important part where ai plays a very uh, key role in the company got it no i think that definitely as, as you mentioned that's the future and it's incredible how i think shechat was able to recognize this at the very start and you know you've been able to build the guardrails of how ai will dominate the content landscape in the future 
is in fact one very interesting vector that's opening up and it's it's interesting and scary at the same time and we've had few experiments where can we have content generated by ai not by by humans so we have had some success we we actually built a project in a project we built a shairi generator hindi shairi generator so by taking the corpus of existing hindi viral hindi shairis we give a token word to this ai tool which will generate a shairi out of it which makes sense most of the time it would actually make sense and you can't figure out it's a human or ai and then we try to run it on the platform and we do find some shairis performing better than average against a human shairi now that is there now you have these innovations coming in where you could sort of generate art out of a sentence and i, I in fact we were thinking about it uh, last week there are a lot of categories or, or tags in share chat which could actually be disrupted by that in fact think about all wallpapers right so that's a, that's again a very small category now it's like the india india has evolved from that but think about that like a lot of people put wallpapers on their phone they get that wallpaper from somewhere right they get it from share chat or google search or pinterest whatever an ai could actually generate far more interesting wallpapers than than what human artists were doing so far and 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 you you have these categories coming up which are so ripe for disruption which Uh, is i think both interesting and scary at the same time because you have to also put guardrails because people can use bad actors can use it for for wrong reasons but yeah i think this is probably the next frontier which will see a lot of action happening it will start with first aiding creators and will aid creators create better content and then eventually move into a zone where ai is creating the entire art form or the entire content and and uploading it and and uh, for a consumer it's coming in the feed right so you don't care and you just engage with it as if it's a content from a creator and yeah it's, it's amazing how how fast that that space is evolving exactly and how far we are going i mean i mean from ai enabled to eventually ai led i think that'll be the future and as you mentioned you have the front seat of making that happen in some shape or form of course in a responsible manner so uh, i think as content consumers we can only wait uh, for it and hope that it brings out more consumable content for the masses but this is being again i think uh, uh, all of these questions given insight to you know how shechat has been uh, functioning and what i also want to focus on is what is the foresight right so we spoke about ai another thing that you have been very focused on is maybe the creator economy creator monetization uh, and a bunch of partnerships have been announced in the last couple of quarters for shechat that take a step in that direction combined with that we're also seeing these mega global trends where meta or previously known as facebook is not just a social media company anymore uh, with their spectrums of you know trying to form uh, maybe vr experiences and what not they are transforming the landscape in some shape or form if you had to maybe ankush you know share with us what the vision for the company in terms of a social media giant in india looks like right for the right reasons i would love to understand how your foresight is shaping and where do you see shechat going in the next decade considering that so much is happening in the social landscape and so many first time internet users are going to start using social media in the country so i think this is uh, this is actually probably the most interesting and fast growing area of of the internet this whole creator economy that you mentioned and the way we look at it is for us a big part of, of almost the entire value that is generated so we are we are majorly ugc platform right it's all user generated content hence all the value that's coming in is by these creators who who spend hours and hours to create great content and upload that or or shoot that on on uh, shared and merge hence making them sustainable their life sustainable 
their profession sustainable they should not be doing it like a side gig it should it should be a very monetizable stream that they can depend on with consistent sort of earnings i think that has to happen if we want to see that creation boom to happen in the country and i think that is one metric that we see very very uh, we, we, we we're very focused on in the company is how many creators are we helping earn a livelihood from our platform and there are different means in which you could sort of do that the most most explored mean is ads influencer marketing go brand led ads all of that the other interesting thing is virtual gifting which is which is scaling beyond our expectations so in fact we're doing right right now we're doing 50 million dollars of annualized gifting virtual gifting this is like a 10 rupee virtual chocolate that a fan will give to a creator on a live stream and this number was zero 12 months ago so this is within 12 months from zero to 50 we will end up at we'll end the year with more than 100 million of annualized gifting this is this is just share chat with india bharat audience so this is turning out to be a massive massive area very very sort of i think underappreciated under talked about in in this in in the ecosystem in general uh, and there we see for example our top 10 50 creators make 10 lakhs a month so it's a massive massive earning stream right if you if you think about it the third which we are working on is video commerce with the, with the, and the fundamental premise is that if you can convince your fans to give a tend to be virtual chocolate why can't you convince your fan to actually give you a physical like buy a physical product because you are sort of suggesting that right and that has an even larger than like imagine e-commerce being a, a massive market this generates an an entirely new demand where influence influencer sort of nudges you to buy a product which you would have otherwise either not bought at that time or you you needed somebody to compel you we 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 have offline resellers right now who are doing it it's a large industry in, in the country but this is assume this is online online resellers of sorts who are who are, who are influencing and selling you making you buy things uh, online so that's the other stream in which we believe uh, creators could monetize so so i think that is really the next 5 years we want to make as many people earn a livelihood on on our platforms as possible it really works for them it also works for us because we get a loyal set of creators right otherwise imagine like for a for a content creator they are creating content they it takes no additional cost for them to put something on moj and shorts and reels everywhere right what will really drive loyalty one you really have to be respectful for them uh, to them as a creator that, like all the software aspects but you really need to help them make money that's the bottom line right can you can you give them reach can you give them money if yes they will be loyal to you and and, and that's our duty as as a platform to do so i think we are focused on that uh, reach was our focus for the longest time now it's becoming earnings for creators and yeah, i think next 3 4 5 years would would probably be more around that uh, you mentioned about metaverse <clears throat> vr coming in i think metaverse is a very large topic right you can you can even argue that somebody giving a 10 rupee virtual chocolate with real money to somebody on the internet it's it's they're living in the metaverse it's not it's not it's not real world that they are sort of operating in it's in metaverse and once like if the form factor the dominant form factor of consumers does not remain smartphone it goes into vr we will be ready to operate in that i i i look at it from that point of view in in vr we are the largest let's say entertainment company in india how do we serve that purpose in this new format and and the answers could be very different like today we are on a phone with a 2d screen hence scrolling videos is the most dominant format as i said right going from chat rooms to chatbots to feed was a very organic journey probably very very biased because we were operating on a smartphone had we been on a vr this journey would have been very different 
So we will rethink from first principles, what does it take to generate content, distribute content in this new uh, VR sort of world. Uh, again, it's, it's sometime in the future, we'll, we'll have to see how that option goes. But I would argue we are still operating in the metaverse. Like we, we're getting people to do uh, 10 rupee virtual chocolates. We in fact have a categories emerging around astrology. So we, people gave like 150 rupee virtual Rudraksh Mala to Ajotishi to get consultation. Again, that's that's a very Indianized version of metaverse, which which you have So so yeah, I think it's a very large uh, definition, and I would argue we are already operating in a metaverse in in some way. Absolutely, and I think uh, what's interesting is there is I think an active sense of what the future should be like and how you can best serve the consumer in that aspect. And as you mentioned, I think what will be more interesting to witness is what is the VR equivalent of India. Because I mean, adoption rates will differ and we'll probably not replicate the same behavior, but there will be something else. Yeah. And I think there is this sense, right? There's something magical will happen. There'll be an inflection point where we'll move to it. I don't think it'll happen that way. The way it will happen is how did smartphones emerge, right? You, you, they, they came in a few influential people first bought it and they used to spend half an hour a day. Still, most of their work used to happen on desktop. And from that half an hour, they, it, it grew to maybe two hours, three hours of the day of the day. And then you had more OEMs churning out cheaper versions, mass distribution. That's how the world moved from desktops to smartphones. A lot of countries leapfrogged. That is how VR will happen. It is not going to be a magical thing. And hence, I think we, we are we are more pragmatic about it. So, so yeah, I think that that's how we think about it. No, absolutely. I think that's super helpful. Okay, as we proceed and go on to maybe some of the you know end portions of this conversation, I, I think this is an interesting one and uh, perhaps abrupt, but I'd love your thoughts on uh, what responsibility means at ShareChat, right? Because uh, you're catering in a market, which is, of course, uh, needs to be dreaded carefully. You're influencing a large portion of the population in the country. Uh, and since you're fighting for mindshare, like I'm guessing an average uh, ShareChat user spends a good amount of time on the app, on the platform, right? Uh, how do you do this in a more responsible manner, especially when we've seen all of these theories around what social media can do to influence a person? Uh, if you can talk about these softer aspects, right, which probably go unnoticed, uh, but consider Considering that ShareChat is at the helm of a lot of responsibility of influencing a lot of people in the country, I'd love to know your thoughts around what the mindset in the company is around maybe responsibility and the nature of work that you're doing. Sure. No, I think that's a very important question. We're in fact learning a lot from what is happening in the West because I think they've, they've been ahead of us in this entire social media journey and they're now sort of questioning a few assumptions and, and the challenges that come with with large social media entities so i think there are a few things which we've already put in place for example we have a very very elaborate effort on the entire moderation piece right and which which uses both human plus ai so we have not left it to ai alone because we still feel that if you are i don't know having a problematic content in odia it's really hard for ai to still catch it because let's say if it's sarcastic in nature and it's hard for it's really hard still for AI to figure out some of those things. And hence you need somebody who understands Zodia, uh, who could look at the content and take a subjective call uh, on that. And you have a process around it, like multiple humans involved. So, so I think we have that AI plus plus human part involved. Then I think one of the most prominent thing, which is, which is sort of now getting the limelight is a fake news part, right? Like how do you, who, who judges the truth? How do you figure out what is fake? What is not, what should go viral? What should not go viral? And I think it's a very complicated problem. 
uh, but we do have for example we have put in place multiple fact checkers across i think now 10 languages who on a daily basis are judging content again we don't want to be uh, in a position that we judge what's fake or not but we have these very reputed fact checkers who who do this for us and there's a policy of of uh, appealing if if an action you don't agree with so so i think that all, all that effort is already in place we worked in fact very proactively with the election commission elections are very very sensitive times for the country and hence we in fact signed a voluntary code of ethics with the election commission that we can we would even go above and beyond our typical turnaround times of let's say take down notices and all we'll actually be more vigilant we'll will be far more reactive we'll have a shorter sort of sla that will provide to you that if you if there are legitimate take down requests from the relevant authorities we will comply with them and and sort of take down content so i think because we have we've seen how things have shaped up in the west we are very very cautious and india is a very uh, multilingual multicultural very sensitive country right even more than west i would argue and hence you need to be far more uh, sort of conscious about these things and proactively address them so yeah, i think it's it's a hard problem but we are trying our best to to sort of do it the right way absolutely i think kudos um, to the fact that there is insane focus on it and voluntary initiatives taken especially from the start as opposed to course correct when something goes wrong i think if you lay the guardrails like you are i think that works best and that's a good learning from the west uh, so super uh, i think this entire part of the conversation covers the share chat story and how you've gone about building it really well uh, as we end the conversation i would just like to spend a couple of last minutes on your personal evolution as a founder perhaps to give us an insight as to how you have evolved through the journey i think one of the first questions there is you know you started up right out of college and under let's say 10 years you are the ceo of a 5 billion dollar company to understand the gravity of that if you can share with us the things that you have learned across you know this aspect especially on the qualitative side i'm sure there are a lot of managerial leadership lessons there but if you can talk to us about what it's done to you as a person more importantly as a human i think that will be really helpful to just decode what the entrepreneurial journey does to a father yeah i think it it's you you basically need to reinvent yourself because it it i think the faster you grow the more pressure you have as a person to to morph into something different because that is what the business would need and 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 the way you sort of figure out that is every year or every when you feel that company has now a very different phase or scale just be honest to yourself and ask what is the most meaningful impactful work that i can do now at this stage and the answers will keep changing every single year and and to do do those impactful things you would have to be a very different person uh to to accomplish those things and i think as as you grow like one thing which sort of becomes really important is and especially if you're if you're a young engineer sort of turned founder you're always in the in the weeds of the things you're you're coding like i used to code and commit myself in for the first two and a half years i think and and when you when you start growing you start feeling that it it's you're better off delegating work you're getting more engineers to work on it and and i think that part of your of your personality the people part of your personality has to keep getting stronger and today for example we have 2500 people right there is there should not be one single piece of the product for which there is like i'm the best person there should be always be somebody who's better than me who should be able to do that and and i should have the judgment of of that person and if the the if it is in the right direction the right vision all of that 
but if you are still feeling that you are the smartest person for every single problem in the in the group you have done a bad hiring you should not be that person you should in fact be learning and and be amazed with the ideas and 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 thought process coming out from the the people who have sort of uh, that have come in joined in or or groomed from within the company so i think that part becomes really important and people have a lot of expectations from you right like you're now carrying the weight of thousands of people's of expectations you already had shareholders but now you have a lot of these people who have joined your team believed in your vision been with us through the toughest of times right like last two years have have shown us who are really with us on this mission right you had covid crash we we also went through a, a small phase where to trim down the team right after covid then you had this massive mauj rush where you had traffic going up a lot of we raised a billion dollars last year so massive high now we, the world is entering into a recession slow down again the people who were in for the rush for that high of of a fast growing uh startup you you will not have those multiples that you had last year right like the the growth multiples will sort of come down and so so who is really in for the long term sort of gets shown through these ups and downs and you sort of build a lot of empathy as a leader towards people who stay with you right so i think it it goes from being an engineer coding to being a really humble leader who can understand empathize and, and energize the smartest folks and it you you might not like it like i still sometimes feel my comfort is in is in coding i i still like on on a weekend just for the sake of it i code it feels so comfortable because all, everything is in your control and that's the biggest delta right in in when you're coding everything feels in control when you are operating in a real world it feels like a lot of things are not in your control you're trying hard to get them so so i think you like it or not if you're a if you're a founder running a really large scaled out company you have to really index highly on the people part of your personality of your skills and become that really humble yet inspiring uh, leader who could who could who people would want to trust and and really bet the most important thing of their life which is time multiple years on 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 a mission that all of us agree on so i think you you need to sort of build that up and i think that is the biggest sort of delta i would say there are other things as well that that you learn but i think if you especially if you are an engineer turned founder you would see this massive transformation that you will have to go through to scale a company that scale got it awesome i think that's uh, super wonderful to hear i think very heartening to understand that uh, the over indexation in terms of people really happens to the journey and uh, the art of letting go is something that you spoke about right not having things in control and being okay with that i think that's an important learning as well and uh, thanks for sharing that ankush on the second last question i want to acknowledge some of the dates that i've been uh, able to notice i might be wrong here but the fact that you come across somebody who's risk taking that is audacious goal setting and incredible ambition right these are some of the traits that make for the best founders if you had to share with us you know what inbuilds these traits right be it the risk of let's say not taking up that job and you know starting up share chat uh, be it the audacious goal setting of becoming you know the largest social media company in the country and maybe eventually the world as well how do you go about shaping yourself as somebody like this and how important is it as a founder uh, would love to know your thoughts on these three particular traits no i think i i there was a this is quote which says that courage is in far shorter supply than intellect and i completely believe in that that there are much fewer people in this world who would score high on courage versus uh, intellect 
I think I think for me, uh, I don't know how. So so I had really interesting stories even before college, right? So I actually dropped out of school in the twelfth standard, and the reason was I just and I was preparing for IIT at that point, and I used to go to school, and I just didn't feel it was worth the ROI that I'm getting spending those six seven hours. So one fine day, I come back from my school, and I tell my parents I'm not going back, and they're like. this is again this is 12th standard you can't you can't change schools and that it's you are like 8 months away from the boards exam it doesn't work like that the world doesn't work like that but i'm like i'm not going i'm like not not discussing i'm telling i'm not going now let's do this let's go out to all the neighborhood schools and we used to live in east delhi let's go to all neighborhood schools and we'll tell them that i'm a really good student and i can actually get you a rank in iit you will have a student who will get a rank in iit but in return don't force me to come to school let's give them a deal and see what happens and we actually went to i think 10 different schools eventually i got a school and and they got a really good uh, iit ranker from their school and i got what i wanted right and this was now when i look at it, it this is again not a simple decision but i don't know what sort of i i sort of i think thought very logically that i know i can crack the board the time spent is not higher higher why let's try to find a construct in which i don't have to go to school and i can be with myself and and there should be somebody in this world who should be willing to sign up for the deal and that happened so, so i think having very strong conviction based on very strong logic and fundamentals sort of gives you that courage which people will call courage but i think you would feel it's not a risk it's actually a very calculated sort of move that you're doing so i think for me that would really works uh, i i love to question everything get to really strong logical foundations and then a lot of things which are perceived to be risk are not actually risk and mods launch for example was that we in we basically bet the house on launching that product put all our money behind it but we were so confident that see the the hardest part is feed ranking we are already the best indian company for that hence why not try very logical conclusion but for somebody externally we bet the house on it. it it all turned out really well i think we ended up doing well raising a lot of capital but again i think those those are the moments where you sort of really test your great conviction logical deduction all of that put together as a person can you can you take uh, really these game changing moves for your life yeah courage being the key there and i think you put it really well i think if you can break it down to the actual logic and you can think from ground up as to what makes sense then in the moment for you also it doesn't matter as much and from the outside whatever it may seem it is the logical decision to make so kudos to that and i think that's a great learning uh this has been fantastic ankush and for the last question i think we keep it generic but i would love if you can go back to the original motivation of building products companies and adding value to the consumer like what is that that keeps you going each day with shechat to date if you can maybe go to that and talk to us about that motivation of becoming an entrepreneur because as we all know this is no easy journey and one may only take it up if it fulfills one in a different way right so if you can talk to us about what that core motivation for you as an entrepreneur as a founder is i think that would be a phenomenal way to end what has been a spectacular conversation no, i think that you you very rightly said i think unless unless you have something really strong pushing you internally it's a really hard journey and and i can tell you it's very hard from like if i if i had known how hard this will be on on that november 29 2014 i would have probably thought more 
before jumping in so so i i think probably the core thing which still pushes me is seeing the product reaching so many people impacting their lives and that still somehow gives a kick i don't know what it is it's the same feeling that i got when the people in in that id kanpur lecture hall in front of me were discussing ki tune wo form bhara ke nahi bhara ya wo product bhara ke nahi bhara is like when people that the same feeling is still is still sort of energizing and makes you happy for some reason that your product is being used by so many people and how do you how do you now improve upon it how do you make it even better i think i think that sort of that obsession of 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 making it better and and creating even more impact in in the lives of people i think that still gives you a push and i think I, you you need to have one of these kind of obsessions to really persevere it's now our seventh year and and it doesn't feel like it's been too long i, I think we all of us as a as a team still have a lot of energy to go for the next 10 years and uh, the great thing is age is on our side so we can actually look and and actually be very optimistic for that sort of future and yeah i think you need a, a lot of founders i think start with wrong motivations of money or fame i i don't think that that takes you too far like it's great it's, it's a great perk that gets along that comes along but it it won't make you persevere through the downs because at the downs is exactly when you don't have both of these so so yeah i think it is it's very important that you find the reason why you want to do something as hard as this and yeah and then jump inside and then figure out Awesome, phenomenal to hear that, and that's a wonderful close to the conversation. Thank you so much, Ankush, for your time. I have thoroughly enjoyed the past one hour of discussing multiple things around how you're building this incredible giant of a company from India with incredible fundamentals, great culture, and the real mission orientation. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your tidbits. I'm sure this is going to be super helpful for everyone listening. It. Thank you, thank you, Jibraj. Really enjoyed. It. Awesome. With that, we come to the end of this conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in to the episode. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you're finding value with the podcast, do follow it on the audio streaming platform of your choice, drop in a review, and subscribe to our WhatsApp newsletter to get all the updates directly on your inbox. Thanks again. I will see you next week for another episode. Till then, I hope you recall. If you never try, you'll never know. Stay tuned and keep building.